Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus passion drive and patience what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops, and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Ryder. It's always game day in Cleveland. Bless you for making it through that break and coming back to listen to me and Daryl. We appreciate you. If you want to keep on listening to the same insight and just you know knowledge and letting you know about jerseys, please stick with us. Uh, with it's always game day in Cleveland again. I'm Andy Baskin. He's Daryl Ryder at Game Day CLE on Instagram and Twitter. All right, it was a preseason game. We did learn some things. First, let's start with the quarterbacks. What did we learn about the Joshes? Josh Dobbs has, I think, won the backup job behind Jacoby Brissett, no question about it. 14 to 20, buck 41, no picks, no touchdowns. Really showed his mobility and his feet. Uh, Had four carries for nearly 50 yards. A little bit of an errant snap on his three-yard touchdown run composed like that's the thing that impresses me about him is he didn't he didn't look rattled out there even when stuff wasn't perfect or, or going well 
One of the point, one of the moments in the game that I absolutely loved, Andy, it was in the final drive of the first half. Throw to Anthony Schwartz on the Brown sidelines. Now, I, I want to be fair to Schwartz. I don't want to say he dropped the ball, even though he did, because I don't even know if he if he would have caught it if he would have been in bounds for for a catch. So that's why I'm hesitant to say Schwartz he dropped the pass. Okay, but on the next play, Dobbs goes right back to him. Schwartz makes the catch. They move the chains. Like I just loved that sequence, and it, to me, that shows the, the 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 maturity of Dobbs as a young quarterback going right back to a guy who didn't make a play on the previous throw, but went right back to him and gave him an opportunity to make the play. I just loved that sequence, Daryl. That to me, when I watched that sequence of plays, was the definition of preseason. Okay, it's almost like uh, a mulligan. That's what that was. It was a football mulligan that you can only really see in the preseason because I disagree with that. You see that in the regular season, veteran quarterbacks. If a guy doesn't make a play for you, you see quarterbacks going that perfect example. And this is where I, this is last last week in Jacksonville, uh, Deshaun Watson. Now it wasn't the very next play, but Watson after Schwartz's first drop, Watson went right back to him, and then after the game. You know, Schwartz talked about, hey, Deshaun came to him and said, I got you, bud. Like, I'm coming right back to you. Like, you're my guy type thing. Yeah, but I think Schwartz is in a weird position right now. Like, I think they needed to do that for his confidence. Because they just – he needed that nine-yard catch more than anybody on the entire team. Absolutely. And I'm sure he looked up at the scoreboard and he said, okay, good. Now it says one for nine, and I'm actually – I'm into this game. But, Daryl, the the bigger question is – He caught two of the three targets that were thrown to him. The one one target he didn't catch was that tough sideline play. So uh, he, you know, made two plays, got 20 yards. Um, As Kevin Stefanski said after the game, felt that Schwartz had a really good week, especially good week of work working against uh, the Eagles. And uh, uh, so um, I I think that there's something to be said for that as well. So, um, uh, all right. So Daryl, let me, let me, let me say this. Are you sports flames for a moment? Are you, are, are you confident with him being the fourth, fifth receiver on this team right now? Cause I don't know. Like, okay. Cooper. Yes. Donovan people's Jones. Yes. David Bell. We'll talk about him in a second. Yes. Right. Like uh, to me, I, I, I see a lot of shades of a very young Jarvis Landry in him. And I don't know if that's fair for the expectations of a third rounder. Right. Now, now you're looking at your fourth wide receiver. Can they do better than and, and Michael Woods isn't going anywhere? I know that Anthony Schwartz is a third rounder. You know, okay? I'm gonna, can I give but you a guy? Mike Harley Jr. looked good again today too. That that was the guy I was about to mention, and he's yeah. getting and he's getting some uh, opportunity in the return game a, as well. Like, um, yeah, I, I really like uh, I, I like Harley a lot, and because of the injury to Jakeem Grant. I think that opens the door for Harley to to make the team because he was a player that I'm like, well, can they get him through the waiver wire and onto the practice squad? Um, so he's a player that the more I watch, the more um, I like him. Uh, what does that do for Demetric Felton? Well, Demetric's in a tough spot. And this is, again, what what do you do? Because to me, Demetric Felton right now, Andy, is more of a receiver than he is a running back. And that's not because he can't be a running back. It's just that's just how they're using him. Like you're gonna keep and- six wideouts and how many running backs? That's where I and and keep all these DBs. Like I I'm I know we haven't seen Johnny Stanton, and I love Johnny Stanton because I love the fact that you've got a back that can block. But with the way this running back room looks right now, do they have the luxury? 
of I, keeping I, Johnny Stanton? I don't think so. But the problem is, is like Stefanski like use, likes using the fullback. Yeah. So, so Johnny Stanton is important. I mean, I understand the question that you're asking. Don't get me wrong, and I'm not but trying. I'm not Darryl, trying to you. Every on running, Daryl. Every running back on this team looks good right now. They I know. all do. They. I mean, uh, Ford, Kelly, Felton, Kelly, yeah. Johnson, and I'm not talking about the big two yet. Yeah. They, they got they got five guys, and they have f- at most, in my view, four roster spots with keeping Johnny Stanton. At fullback, like I, I mean, the numbers are the numbers, right? So, um, it's going to be interesting to see what Andrew Barry does. And and look, I mean, these things tend to sort themselves out. And I thought that they were going to kind of sort themselves out when Kareem Hunt did his hold in or whatever they they you want to call that thing. And then I think the light bulb went off. Somebody got in his ear and said, "Hey, bro, there's like four other dudes that can take your job. Like they they may not be Kareem Hunt. They may not be as good as you." But they can certainly fill your role. And if you want to get paid and whatnot uh, and get your touches, the last thing you want to do is just kind of be like, yeah, go ahead. I'm, I'm sitting this stuff out, boys. Have at it. Like, because I want a new contract. Like, and that's why I wrote what I wrote. Not to be critical of Kareem, but just the, the concept. I understood where he was. And I understand, like, where he's coming from. He wants security. He feels like he's earned it. And to a degree, I, I I agree with him. The problem is the numbers aren't in his favor. They've got three other dudes behind him. And so my whole thing was, yeah, I don't know if you want to open the door for these three other guys and give the coaches an opportunity to run up in their office and be like, hey, uh, Kelly can do it. Ford can do it. We know Darnus can do it. So, hey, Andrew, um, yeah, if you uh, if you have to depart with 27, you're not going to get a fight from the coaching staff here. And 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 and, that, and again, I'm not I'm not criticizing Kareem, and I'm not certainly not questioning his playing ability. But like that's the that these are the conversations that legitimately happen behind closed doors in these offices in NFL facilities when these type of situations come up. So yeah, I mean, it's going to be fascinating to see what Andrew Barry does with this roster when you're talking about the running backs. All right, I'm going to ask this one question, and I'm wondering if the, the story will die at some point. I don't think the Garoppolo story is going to die. I don't think Brissette, it will either. Not, yeah, not if until Brissette, if Brissett struggles against Chicago, the Garoppolo story is going to take on an even bigger life than it is right now. I, I'm sure that they've done their due diligence on Garoppolo. Right. I'm sure of it. Well, they did their due diligence on Garoppolo before they completed the trade for Deshaun Watson. Like that was all part. They, like. And, and I know people are going to... I'm sure they've revisited it. Right. But my point is someone's going to try and like make, you know, make a big deal of this. But again, this is standard operating procedure for front offices. When you go back right. in your off-season meetings and you're like, okay, quarterbacks that could be available, right? In case we need to move on for Baker, we make the decision to move on for Baker who could be available. Okay, Deshaun, who, uh, Jimmy G could be available. Okay, well, we've already done homework in years past on Jimmy G, right? right. Remember? Tried to trade for him right. with the Patriots, and Bill Belichick held the grudge and wouldn't do it. So then you come back, you pull that, you bring up that research, and then you revisit your recent research. You tie them together. Okay, does everything still line up? Do we still think the same thing that we thought a couple years ago for whatever? So the, the, again, these are conversations that happened in that building, and it's not just like a, a, a like it's any NFL building, and th- these are how the executives. And their front offices and their scouting staffs and the coaching staffs and coordinators, they get together and 
have these meetings behind closed doors to kind of hash this stuff out. I will. I agree with you. I think that going into the next preseason game, the third preseason game, there is a ton of pressure on Jacoby Brissett. And I. And again, this is why I I like the guy so much personally. You know, we were talking to him last week, and he's like, "Yeah, I, you know, I'm not sweating it. It's no big deal. I'm just going out and doing my job, whatever." But yeah, I mean, I do kind of have to earn the faith that they are putting in me. I have to go out and perform, and if I don't perform, then that that's you know not going to live up to my end of the bargain. And how can you not love and respect a response like that from a guy? You know what I'm right. saying? So I, I realize it's preseason. It's the third preseason game. There's still you know from then there'll be like two plus weeks to go for the but. Yeah, I hate to say it, but yeah, there's gonna be because you know, as you you know, you host every day from from ten to two, you know what phone calls you're going to get if he does not play well against the Bears. You're gonna get calls about Josh Dobbs, and you're gonna get calls about Jimmy G. And how how, how do you respond? How, here's how you respond. Well, Jacoby lit it up Saturday night and threw for X amount of yards and a couple of touchdowns and didn't throw any picks and he looked mobile and this, that, and the other commanded the offense, whatever the Browns are in good shape. But if he doesn't go out there and do it, Andy, then what does your defense become other than he's a great dude. His teammates love him. Anthony Walker, who played with him in, in Indianapolis, just raves about him, not only as a teammate, but as a player, they were five and two. Um, and then their season fell apart because everybody got hurt, including Josh, you know, including uh, Jacoby Brissett. And, and they had like a Cleveland Brown season where it just went off the rails down the stretch. But yeah, I mean, this is a big, big week for Jacoby Brissett. He can shut a lot of people up by going out and playing really well against the bears. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We shall see. Speaking of being quiet, that's where we are right now. So that's going to wrap up this edition of It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. Final thought, Daryl. Final thought is one more preseason to go. I game to go. I'm thrilled about that. Uh, By the way, I want to shout out Kevin Stefanski uh, and the Philadelphia Eagles, too. Want to give uh, Nick Serini some, some credit. They ran the ball like 50 times in the first quarter. Fastest first fast quarter. Fast. By the way, over. by the way, can we get what's the what's the opposite of a shout out? A jeer. Yeah, I think. Yeah, you know who gets the jeer, right? Darryl? Oh yeah. So okay, get a little behind the scenes for this you. This is behind you. the scenes. So we have this thing. We never ever under any circumstance. It doesn't matter the sport, especially for baseball. Baseball is a massive no no because there's no clock on baseball. And that crap can take like five hours to play a nine inning game. So give me a roof and give me a clock and you have a sport. I right. love football, but <laughs> don't be they've got the clock at least. I, baseball was my first love. Um, but you never talk about the pace of the game ever. You never, never mention how fast or slow the game is going ever. Uh. Because as soon as you mention how quick a game is going, guess what happens? It slows down. Like in slow motion. So we were on pace to play that game in like two and a half hours, right? Yes, we were. 
and somebody's sitting next to me. Uh, just in just my call him out. Call him out. I will. Poobah. It was the Poobah. Typical Ivy League, New York, pompous attitude Poobah. Looks and says to Daryl, as I'm standing right there, this game is going to be over before the Indians game. Oh, that's going to be good for traffic. I look at him with laser beam eyes and say, I can't believe you just said that. Well, why, why, why? I go, you understand that in this business, that is the ultimate jinx. You never say a game is going fast. You're you're tempting the sports gods to slow a game down as much. You're just basically mentally use, using mental telepathy to tell the referees to start throwing more flags. I've seen what you're doing. I've seen baseball games, the first six innings get like the seventh inning stretch is in within like 90 minutes of the game being played, like cruising along. Right. And then somebody has to mention how fast the game's being played. And then it takes 90 minutes to play the final nine outs of the game. <laughs> and then you just want to kill them for it. You never talk about time of game or pace. Daryl, I did almost 500 Major League Baseball games in a row. 500. Well, how many was, times did you mention how fast the game was being played? Maybe twice when I first started. When I first got the job doing Indians pre and post game. And how fast did you learn not to do that? As fast as it was when I was telling Jake Westbrook one time we were in a cab with <clears throat> Brian Anderson. And I just, it was my first year doing it. And I got these notes from uh, Stats Inc., which was huge. Like if you got those notes, it was like gold because you had all this great information to give out. So we, I was in the cab or I was about to get into a cab and normally you don't get into a cab with players, but BA was so cool. BA is like, Hey, get in the cab with, cab with us. You're going over the park. I was like, yeah, I'll get in. So I sat in the front seat and Jake Westbrook was in there too. I was like, Hey Jake, by the way, Jake, probably one of the greatest, nicest players of all time. hundred percent. Yep. Yeah. So I, I had just read through this big book of stats and I was like, and we were at the ballpark in Arlington and I said, uh, man, this I just was reading stats. Inc. I cannot believe the number of home runs this ballpark is yielding. It's ridiculous. Like three or four a game. It's nuts. That should be good for our offense. That's what I said. <laughs> and I look back in the rearview mirror, and BA has steam coming out of his ears, and his eyes are about to pop out. And we get to Arlington. Are you out of the cab? No, no, no. The the cab ride, like it was a really dumpy hotel in Arlington, too. This was before it was built up before Jerry world was there. So we get out of the cab and it was the longest walk ever from uh, the, tu the tunnel in Arlington it was probably like, man, it had to have been half a mile or close to a mile from where they drop you off to getting to the clubhouse. And um, Jake stopped to, to make a phone call. I think he was calling home and BA and I were walking down the hallway and he looked at me and he was like, you are the dumbest MF -er I have ever met in my life. And I go, why? What I do? And he goes, I go, BA. I go, what did I do? What did I go? He goes, you never talk about negative, never put negative things in a, in a pitcher's head, especially on the day he's starting. <gasps> so as that game went on, Jake went like six and two thirds that night and did not give up a home run. I was sweating bullets the entire game. I'm like, Oh my God, I put that negative thought in his head. I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I did that. As soon as the game was over and the crowd walked away from Jake afterwards, I was like, Jake, man, I am so sorry. I did not mean to do that. I was thinking about our offense. I wasn't thinking about theirs. And he was like, 
what are you talking about? And I was like, what I said in the cab on the way over, he goes, I got to be honest, I wasn't paying attention to anything you were saying. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "That's uh, Jake, you've never made me happier. Me and every infielder you've ever played with that because you're a ground ball pitcher. All right, Daryl, that's it. That's a long final thought, and I had to turn over to baseball to do it. So he's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. Again, if you like what you're listening to, give us some stars, subscribe to the podcast, and uh, we really appreciate everybody listening. And uh, if you like it, come back again. We'd love to have you on board. And if you have any input, like I said last time, if you mention that I was talking about, we will give you a mention and a shout out. Uh, we will just, all you got to do is click your name into uh, Twitter or Instagram. And we're going to say it next time, too. So we're going to start getting a little bit more interactive on the show. It's always game day in Cleveland. Meredith Kane, thank you very much. You're an outstanding producer, and you had to put up with me all day today. So I feel really, 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 really bad about that. We'll talk to you later. It's always game day in Cleveland. <laughs>